Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great. There is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 3rd. Yes, it is December, the final month of the fantasy football season. Week 14 of the 2019 Fantasy NFL season. My name is Michael Nesrick. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. And Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend, very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. A little bit croaky, but uh, I'll make it through, no problem. I just might not sound like myself. But I'm looking forward to the fantasy playoffs and the end of the fantasy regular season. So hopefully all of our listeners out there have uh, taken some good advice for us, ignored our bad advice at times, and <laughs> and uh, are into their fantasy uh, Super Bowl playoffs. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, but most, most of the seasons have come to an end. So uh, with the exception of the, uh, the ones, that, of course, that may be only in a 12-man league where you only have four, four teams make the playoffs, you might have one more week. But uh, it's, usually, it's either now or never. You have to win to get in, or you're just in, and you're uh, hoping and praying that your guy stays healthy. Uh, people in Minnesota wondering if Dalvin Cook is going to play. Uh, looks good right now at this time. But let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, the Panthers, they fired a river, riverboat Ron. Uh, you know, uh, too much of a mix of old and not the right mix of old and school and new school or whatnot. Uh, the new uh, the owner came in and uh, cleaned house. Uh, he said, hey, it was going to happen. We want to get the jump on, uh, you know, uh, on, on trying to pick a new coach before the other team cut their uh, their coaches. And, uh, you know, so they, anyway, they made Perry Fuel uh, the interim new head coach. Uh, and I guess Scott Turner is now the offensive coordinator. Is Scott Turner, I believe, is, the, is that uh, North Turner's son? I believe so, yes. Okay. So, anyway, what do you think is the fantasy impact of this? Everyone out here with Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of fantasy football. Uh, you think this is going to affect him at all, or what, was this really because of his defense? What, what do you think? Well, I, I think, if anything, from a fantasy perspective, it's going to help Christian McCaffrey. Um, if you look at Perry Fuel, he's a defensive-minded coach. Those guys tend to favor you know, a strong running game and a strong defense, low-scoring games. But if you go back and look at you know, this is not Perry Fuel's first chance as interim head coach. Back in 2009, he took over the last seven games in Buffalo, and that's when they had a young Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little bit of a gunslinger. They had Lee Evans and a T- Terrell Owens on the outside, so a good receiving core, and, and they hammered the ball 
repeatedly. And, and they really made Fred Jackson into a fantasy viable player, and that was with a young Marshawn Lynch on the bench actually backing up uh, Fred Jackson. You look at the last week of that regular season, Fred Jackson carried the ball 33 times in Week 17. So um, I think Perry Fuel, if anything, is going to help a guy like Christian McCaffrey actually see more carries, maybe even a few less touch or a few less catches, but the same number of touches, probably a lot more carries. Well, it's kind of unfortunate for for Ron because three times this season the Panthers were knocking on the door right at the goal line. Uh, it was like replaying over and over and over my head, even though McCaffrey's had a great season. Uh, against Tampa Bay at the goal line, couldn't get in. And then in, in the snow against Green, Green Bay right at the goal line, couldn't get in. And then it's just this past week, they got all the way down to the goal line again. And, you know, three straight uh, couple of runs, McCaffrey, and a failed uh, pass play. And, uh, you know, they just couldn't get in. But that, that defense, that run defense has been there and doing. Five and seven, they could very easily be seven and five or – or uh, eight and four, uh, you know, if they just gotten those touchdowns at the end of those games and had a few breaks and, and tightened up the, the run defense there. But I guess it was a, it was time because uh, Rivera had been there nine years. So uh, you know, I guess the uh, new owner came in. He wants to get his own guy in there. You know, gave, gave River Ron a chance there to see, you know, to, to carry the team uh, into the season and all. And they lost Cam Newton, but Kyle Allen was a, kind of a surprise. Uh, you know, most for the most part, uh, positive there so it's going to be interesting to see if he is stake sticks as a quarterback there next season or if they go after somebody else in the offseason or what they decide to do with cam newton what do you think real quick uh, is going to happen with cam newton chris that's real interesting because i think not having ron rivera there actually might increase the chances that cam newton comes back because when they go out and look for their new head coach they're going to get input from that guy as to whether or not he wants to build around cam newton or start over fresh and whereas I think Ron Rivera staying there made it a little bit easier to part ways and say, okay, maybe Cam was the problem. Or we've gone as far as we can with Cam. So this may give him a little bit more of a chance to stick around in Carolina. I still think he's probably going away just because of his cost and his age, and they may, they're going to do a total revamp. But I do think this gives him a, just a little bit of a tick up towards maybe staying there. It's going to be very interesting. Okay, uh, moving on real quickly here. Uh, Jacksonville, Nick Foles, boy, what a, a terrible half. Uh, he was benched. Uh, Gardner Mishu came in, uh, kind of threw a spark, uh, threw a touchdown, made some plays. He's going to start this week. Fantasy impact, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, DJ Chark was kind of MIA, and then all of a sudden, you know, he caught a couple of passes, one long one there with, uh, with Minshew. So uh, does this elevate his stock back up, and what, what, do you, what do you think in Jacksonville is going to happen with Minshew quarterback? I don't think it really changes Chark's uh, thing because he, he did very well with both Chark and Minshew under center. Um, it may mm-hmm. elevate the overall offense because that's what it seemed to do. I went back and looked at the stats, and really the whole offense just functioned a little bit better, and uh, he actually threw a, little, a few more touchdowns and a few more passing attempts. The one thing I did notice was that Leonard Fournette got even more action when Minshew was throwing the ball well, which seems kind of counterintuitive. You know, you look at his rushing attempts in the games that Foles started, and there are, there are a good seven or eight per game less than what he averaged under Minshew. So I think the offense will probably do a little bit better. Foles just didn't have it this year. Um, you know, break from that injury, he never really, I don't think, recovered from it. So I think the offense will do better. But, uh, you know, all the guys you're going to play anyway, Fournette's still a good start. You know, he's, I think he, my recollection is he's got some decent matchups in the playoffs as do the passing game, you know, guys like Chark, maybe even D.D. Westbrook, and, and Chris Connolly if you really get desperate. I think the, the offense is going to do okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, D.D. Westbrook had a really good game 
this past week. I, I needed him in one of my leagues. He came out big. But moving on over to Miami, uh, Kalen Ballage, uh, boy, averaging like less than two yards a carry. Uh, non-contact leg injury has gone for the year. Patrick Laird, is that a name to uh, to pick up? Because it looks like he got most of the work and looks like he's probably going to start. Wow, a desperate fantasy owner is Patrick Laird. What do you think, Chris? Well, I think absolutely. Um, you know, fantasy football is about stats and opportunity. It's not necessarily about talent or team. And you look at the fact that Laird, again, got most of the snaps. I want to say roughly three-fourths of the snaps over, uh, what's the guy's name, Miles Gaskin, who was the backup there. Mm-hmm. And he's catching a lot of passes the last couple of years. Well, I think he had five or six catches each of the last two games. And then you look ahead to fantasy playoffs, weeks 15 and 16, Miami has the Giants and Cincinnati, two bottom ten run defensive I think Cincinnati's actually the worst in the league. So there's going to be great opportunity for teams, and again, with a threat at quarterback, with Ryan Fitzpatrick paying well, playing well so that there's not going to be you know, selling out eight, nine guys in the box. I think Laird could actually surprise and be really very fantasy useful, at least as a flex, maybe even as a mid-range number two throughout the fantasy playoffs, especially in PPR leagues. Yep. Okay, uh, moving on over to Tampa Bay. Uh, those of us with the Ronald Jones, I had him on one of my teams that didn't go anywhere, and this is probably one of the reasons up and down season. Uh, he started the game, saw eight touches, eight carries in that game in the first uh, first quarter, and then he missed a zone uh, a zone blitz pickup. Uh, and uh, Arians, uh, Bruce Arians, uh, well, you missed that pickup, so back down to the bench you go. Peyton Barber comes in and scores two touchdowns. Those of us with the Ronald Jones got less than three points. Uh, fantasy impact moving forward. Is this? Is this? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Peyton Barber's show now. What, what, what do you think Arians is planning up his sleeve this week, Chris? My, my gut feeling is that it's much ado about nothing. I don't think it changes. I'll talk a little bit more about this in our picks to click and flick. But uh, you know, Ronald Jones didn't look very good, but. But really, Peyton Barber didn't either. He was 17 carries, 44 yards, and he had one 16-yarder. So that's 16 carries for 28 yards, which, you know, if you do the math, that's really bad. He just happened to get a couple of one-yard plunges. I, I, don't, I don't think uh, Ronald Jones is going to go away. I think he's going to commit to him. He was just teaching the young man a lesson in a game where they didn't need him because they were up 25 to nothing. So I, I think that yep. I would play Ronald Jones over Peyton Barber in a heartbeat right now. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a Kalen Ballage average numbers per rush there. Uh, oh, one thing I did want to mention to people, if you've got Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski on your team, forget about it, uh, get, him, get rid of him unless he's on your keeper and you think he might come back next year because this is the end of November. That was a deadline for him to come back and play in 2019. He's gone. He's uh, pushing his uh, marijuana CBD products or whatnot. So there's no Gronk in 2019, so you can get rid of him. A surprise uh, player was put on IR this week, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end for the Lions, I uh, believe he did have some ankle injuries or whatever. They put him on IR. For, he's gone for the year, so if you got him in a redraft, you can safely drop him. And then uh, the Patriots, Kai Forbath, who <laughs> filled in for Nick Falk, who was injured, missed the PAT, so he was cut. And the Patriots, as of uh, Tuesday night here, had uh, no kicker. So I'm sure they'll make a move tomorrow or Thursday or Friday or whatnot and pick up some uh, some guy. But apparently they don't have any kind of uh, loyalty to any kicker right now with Steven Goskowski still in IR. In fact, I think Goskowski can come back off IR in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe for the playoffs. We'll see if that happens. So, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on the, on the kicker there. What, 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 do you have something to say, Chris? 
Yeah, Chase McLaughlin was released by the by the 49ers today, and he did very well filling in for Robbie Gould. That's the guy that I think the, the, the Patriots are going to take a look at. Uh, McLaughlin only missed one kick his entire time there. Happened to be that potential game winner in overtime against yep. Seattle on Monday night or Sunday night, but uh, but that's the guy I think they're going to go after. That's why I think they released. Yeah, he him. made every no. kick, including the yeah, including the kick to to send the the game into overtime. But then when he got the he got the overtime, uh, the chance of winning, uh, nerves got the better of him. But uh, you know, uh, I, I would look at him too. Anyway, here's some major injuries for the week. Here we're still uh, doing the week to week thing with Matthew Stafford. What was interesting is that the Lions put uh, Jeff Driscoll with uh, ankle injury or hamstring on on IR uh, last week. So they're still going with the David Blau era right now. But they're hoping maybe. Stafford, you know, say, hey, you know, six weeks might be next week, the week after. Uh, he still wants to play, even though it's probably meaningless. I don't know. He just wants to play football. I can't blame him. So, you know, they're paying him a lot of money. We'll see what happens there. May, you know, they might end up convincing him and say, hey, we don't want to risk your health anymore. You know, let's shut it down. Okay, Marlon Mack, uh, fractured hand. Uh, he hopes to play this week, and that was a word last week. He didn't play again two weeks in a row. Uh, what, any, any further uh, news uh, from Colt Land there, Chris, on uh, Marlon Mack? Yeah, he started to do some practice with a pad on his hand. Frank Reich said he wasn't even close last week, and they're going to see how it goes later in this week. But realistically, with a with a tough run defense and, and the fact that their other backups are getting a little healthier, Jordan Wilkins back in, my gut feeling is that he still will sit one more week, but they are at least giving him a chance to play this week as of now. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the uh, FF Webmasters non PPR 14 team league and uh, uh, was fortunate to land the number one seed with a 10 and three record. And my number two running back is uh, Marlon Mack, and uh, I've been riding Adrian Peterson as my number two right now. So uh, I got a buy this week. So I'm 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 uh, watching this very carefully. Hopefully he'll come back next week. Uh, in Pittsburgh, James Conner shoulders questionable this week. We'll see if he practices. Jordan Howard, uh, well, well, he's been out a whole month now. Stingers, uh, pro football doc Dr. Chow I on Twitter was telling us uh, saying that these stingers, if you can't get over it in a week, it can linger and linger for weeks. And he's been out a month, so who knows if he practices later this week? He's been doing limited, limited, but not clear for contact. Matt Breida with the ankle looks like he's going to come back. The 49er land. Uh, Raheem Mostert took all the carries from uh, Tevin Coleman. Rode the hot hand last week. That 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 place is a mess right now. I guess people going to run out and pick Mostert up. Breida could end up starting. And carrying most of the carries this week, we'll see. Uh, in the Chief Land, uh, Damian Williams with a rib uh, injury still. Status is certain. Didn't play. Darrell Williams had an ugly un- non-contact hamstring injury. I thought it was a knee injury. <laughs> the way he kind of fell right to the ground, tried to get up, couldn't move. Uh, very iffy to play this week. As a result, they saw- re-signed Spencer Ware. I guess to back up Darwin Thompson along with uh, Shady McCoy there, it's an RBBC and Chiefs land. It's going to be interesting to see who gets most of the carries against the Patriots this week. Uh, moving to wide receiver, Julio Jones with the shoulder trending upward. He's not going to be shut down this, this season despite the record. He wants to play. We'll see. A big question mark with Adam Thielen. Who knows when he's going to play? I've been dealing with him in the FFPC now for weeks, week seven. We managed to cobble together uh, some guys, including Anthony Miller last week, to win our championship game. So, Adam, just you know, sit back, relax. Hopefully you'll play this week, but <laughs> who knows. Uh, T.Y. Hilton with a cap. They said uh, he hopes to play again in 2019, not a lot to play. What does that mean, Chris? Do you think he's going to sit out a couple more weeks, maybe come back for if they make the playoffs? What's, what's going on there? Yeah, that sounds kind of iffy to me. When I heard that, I got really nervous because they were real anxious to have him play the other week, and he had a setback right before that in the middle of the week, and and all of a sudden he went from probable to out early in the week. So I'm a little nervous. This is a more significant problem. He's going to miss 
uh, I think maybe one more week, possibly even two. And at that point, if they're out of the playoffs two more weeks from now, my guess is that they'll shut him down. So it remains to be seen. You've got to keep him on your roster because he's definitely a player if you got him. He's some good matchups in the fantasy playoff. But depending on what the Colts do in the NFL sense, that may not be something you're going to have available to you come week 16. Yep. Okay, moving to Cincinnati. It's the A.J. Green weekly uh, day-to-day uh, mention. Uh, I don't know. I don't know he's going to play. They might shut him down for the whole season. Uh, you know, it's, it's again, I've been disappointing there. Uh, however, another wide receiver is going to come back, John Ross, uh, the clavicle on IR. They've uh, activated him. He's expected to play this week, so it's going to be uh, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, and uh, and uh, John Ross is your deep threat with us, uh, Eric, Eric Erickson, uh, Scott Erickson underneath, Alex Erickson underneath. Uh, we'll see uh, how that works out. Juju Smith-Schuster, just like uh, James Conner with the knee, he's questionable to play this week. We'll see if he gets some practice time in there. Golden Tate concussion for the Giants, still uncertain. Moving to tight end, Austin Hooper is going to plan to practice tomorrow, Wednesday. If you're listening to this Friday, you probably know whether he's going to play or not. Uh, there's hope that he will. Evan Ingram with a foot, uh, same with Golden Tate there, along with uh, Red Ellison with a concussion for the Giants. They're all uncertain. We'll see. Uh, Greg Olson took a big uh, hit to the head, came out of the game, didn't play uh, last week. So we'll see if he practices or whether he's in concussion protocol. Not been mentioned there. Gerald Everett sat out this past, last game, sweet matchup against the Cardinals with a knee injury. And that to Tyler Higby going crazy, including scoring and catching seven, eight passes, nine passes, whatnot. Uh, everyone's running out and picking up Tyler Higby. If Gerald Everett plays, uh, that's going to muddle that situation. If he doesn't, then Higby is a good pickup. Anyway, for all the lists, comprehensive lists of all our injuries updated on a daily basis, ffmastermind.com is your source uh, for premium information. We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay. Please remember to check out our site, uh, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff in there, including our NFL uh, uh, anchor page uh, for uh, QuickBits. That's quickbits.php off the main page. Uh, Of course, we're also releasing free Eye in the Sky scanner reports uh, and season reports, uh, two each week from Chris uh, Rito on the Colts and and other reports from the other teams. Uh, Also, our weekly fantasy newsletter continues uh, daily premium injury QuickBits. All of our injury information is premium. uh, Expanded picks to click and flick the market. NFL game matchup analysis and uh, rankings updated, uh, released on Wednesday, updated on Saturday, Mastermind Moments. The inside slant with John Holler and a holler from the cheap seats. Uh, our late season sales, nine ninety five. Check it out, the cost of a pizza or less. Uh, follow me on Twitter, please, at FF Mastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick. Who do you like at quarterback, Chris? 
and why. I like Matt Ryan this week. The Panthers' defense is in a little bit of a free fall recently. They've allowed three 300-yard games in the last four, including one by Ryan a few weeks ago, which is amazing because it's so easy to run on the Panthers. They're terrible against the run. But the Falcons are thoroughly unable to run anybody. So I think Matty Ice is going to go at it this week. He also has uh, eight games out of ten with 300 yards this season and six 300-yard games in his last eight against Carolina with a 16-3 touchdown interception ratio, including his career-best 503 a couple years ago. Matty Ryan loves playing the Panthers, and this is a good week to do it. I also like Sam Darnold. Um, aside from last week's head-scratcher against Cincinnati, Darnold had been on fire, averaging over 28 points per game for the last three weeks, and the Finns have been bleeding fantasy points to quarterbacks over that same time, allowing over 31 points per game the last three to some pretty pedestrian fantasy quarterbacks. With the Jets' defense floundering, I think this could be a little bit of a shootout between two poor teams. This looks like a perfect storm for fantasy performance for Darnold. Okay. Um, a couple guys I like this week. Carson Wentz, uh, he got Malshawn Jeffrey last, uh, back last week, immediately 100 yards, a touchdown there. Uh, hopefully Zach Ertz is feeling a little bit better. They got Dallas Gardart, of course, uh, and they get the sorry Giants secondary at home this week. So uh, Monday night, uh, if you got Wentz, start him. If you need him, uh, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota. Well, the Lions are not good against the pass right now. And, and uh, of course, Cousins coming off that game in Seattle, a tough loss. Uh, but I think he's going to get the job done. Uh, their defense is going to shut down Detroit, too. David Bly, I don't think he's going to throw for 200-plus yards and two scores this week in Minnesota. So if you got Kirk Cousins and you need him, start him. A couple of guys to be careful about, uh, Drew Brees. He's not going to be ranked in my top 12 this week because they get the 49ers at home. And that is a home game. So he might squeeze out a touchdown here or there. I don't know, but uh, it's just I don't I just don't like the uh, the matchup here. Uh, and Breeze has been more prone to being sacked this this year is more than ever. Uh, so uh, the, the matchup, if you need him, you know, start him. But if you got another alternative, uh, you know, even like oh, you got Dak Prescott or whatever, Matt, even Matt Ryan, maybe uh, you know, I. I Seriously consider uh, sitting Breeze this week. Derek Carr, boy, the last two weeks terrible. I know they've been road games and all, but, boy, they just have not shown up. Uh, they get the Titans this week, not a bad defense. Uh, it's just, un- I just think, untrustworthy for fantasy right now. So hopefully you have got a better option than Derek Carr right now. That team is just a mess right now. What about a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about? Why, Chris? I'm not too crazy about Josh Allen, even though he's having a really nice year. He's yet to throw for over 254 yards this year, and he's averaging only about 200 yards per game. And his lowest two fantasy performance so far was against the only two teams with top ten rush defense. Remember, he's basically a glorified running back playing quarterback. This week he faces the Red Hot Ravens, and their sixth-rated run defense doesn't bode well. They've allowed the second-fewest quarterback rush yards also, even though they've played Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson already, held them to a combined 40 yards rushing in those three games. They've only allowed more than 20 fantasy points once this year to Mahomes in week three, and they've allowed under 14 points per game the last eight weeks and under 10 the last three weeks. So Josh Allen's really running up against a brick wall here. And I don't like Kyler Murray. Uh, Pittsburgh's been killing quarterbacks the last three weeks with tons of sacks, very few points allowed. They're second overall in sacks and first in turnovers, two things that Arizona has struggled with with their rookie quarterback. Uh, Murray also looked very mortal with his hamstring injury last week. I think this is going to keep him in the pocket, make him a little more of a target, and reduce his fantasy value without him being able to run. I think I agree with you there. That that hamstring injury is really uh, uh, hurting him, uh, making him make uh, poor decisions out of the pocket. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? I'm going to stick with Darius Geis again this week. I called his big game last week, and I'm going to ride him again in another juicy matchup. Uh, Green Bay has been particularly susceptible to pass-catching running backs. 
and they've allowed the second most rushing touchdowns also. Guys can do both, as he showed with his two one-yard touchdowns last week. So I think the timeshare with AD still worries me a bit, but Geis has been getting a little more action each week, and sooner or later the training wheels are going to come off. Maybe this one. I don't know. Uh, and I like Sony Michelle this week. He's been a little bit up and down, and he's been limited really only by game script. In the games that New England has allowed some early points or fallen behind, in any case, this week, New England should and will run the ball a ton at Kansas City like everyone else tries to do. Casey has allowed the most rushing yards per game. You know, I went back and looked last year. Sony Michelle faced Casey twice last year, once regular season, once playoffs, handled over 25 touches and topped 100 yards rushing each time, and he scored two touchdowns in each of those games. I think that game plan is going to be used by Belichick again. Oh, wow, yeah, that's uh, that's a red, uh, green flag right there for Sonny Michel. Uh, okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Devonta Freeman, I know you said the Falcons can't run, but he's still going to get the carries, and it's against the sorry uh, Panthers. Run defense can't stop anyone. So he's going to catch passes, too. I think he's going to score in this game. So if you've got Freeman starting with confidence. Another one that's been coming on is uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's kind of limited Nick Chubb a little bit there. He's getting more touches. He's catching the ball, and, of course, he caught a ball right at the red zone and scored last week. And they're playing the Bengals this week, so I think he's going to score again this week. So if you need him, uh, start him as a high-end three, uh, maybe even a low-end two uh, this week. A um, couple of guys I'm concerned about, Jonathan Williams in Indianapolis there. Of course, you got Jordan Wilkins coming back. Maybe Marlon Mack might play. Nyheim Hines got the score last week. It's a big RBBC. And the Tampa Bay run defense is very good. That equals fantasy bench in my in my book. Uh, also, uh, Bo Scarborough for Detroit. I know the Vikings uh, kind of got pushed around a little bit, but uh, <laughs> the Lions offensive line is not anywhere as good as Seattle's. And Bo Scarborough is not Chris Carson. So uh, on top of that, Chris. Uh, Scarborough doesn't catch passes at all. So, uh, you know, probably get 50, 60 yards at most here. I don't think he's going to score. Uh, Vike is going to limit him, so I'll be careful about that uh, opportunity there for uh, for Scarborough. Okay, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, I'm going to start with Devin Singletary. I mentioned that the Baltimore run defense has been really good, especially against quarterbacks. They've also allowed the second-fewest rushing attempts and the second-fewest running back receiving yards so far this year, and they've been really stingy to speedier backs in particular. These things all kind of take away the best things that Devin Singletary does. So with low volume and little chance of success, I think Singletary is a pretty risky play, especially if the team trails and they kind of eschew the run a little bit because passing is not really their forte. Baltimore has shut down much better offenses than running backs already, so I'm just a little nervous about this rookie going into this buzzsaw against Baltimore. And then uh, Peyton Barber, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I just don't want to read too much into his big game last week. He got a ton of action because Rojo got benched for missing a block, like you said. Barber got to then milk a lead, which Tampa never gets to do. This week they face a much stouter run defense in the Colts and one which has been more beatable by receiving and quick running backs than by interior ones like Barber. I suspect Jones is going to again relegate Barber to minimal work and have more success against the Colts. And with Barber as the goal line back, he's now facing a team that's only allowed three rushing scores all year. Makes him another high risk. And like I said, he's only 17 for 44 against a really poor run defense last week. I can't see him doing better against the Colts defense. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, kind of a hunch here, but I'm kind of I kind of like A.J. Brown this week going against Oakland. They're allowing the most yards per catch to wide receivers. They're very susceptible to the deep ball, which is kind of Brown's specialty. He's a little bit up and down, yeah, but this looks like a good matchup to be up and get a long one. The Raiders also have a kind of a young and a little bit smaller secondary at the corner positions, so he could have the chances to go up over the top. He's got a reasonable floor play with some big upside, I think. And then uh, he had a big week last week. I'm going to go with Alshon Jeffrey. The only real receiving threat on a banged-up Philadelphia receiving crew 
and the game against one of the most beatable secondaries in the NFL. I like Jeffrey to stay hot. Looking at his personal history, he scored a TD in three of his last four games against NFC East opponents, and he's averaged over eight targets in the last four games against the G-Men. The Giants have also been crushed in the air generally by the number one option for the opposing teams, allowing seven touchdowns to opposing number ones in the last five games. They've allowed the third most wide receiver touchdowns and second most wide receiver receiving yards. All of these stats really add up to Jeffrey having another big game. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week, uh, OBJ, uh, yeah, he gets the bungles this week, and that means he's going to score, so uh, start him with confidence there, and Devonta Parker, what a second half he's having uh, with Fitzpatrick under center, I think he's going to blow up against the Sorry Jets for at least one score this week, 100 plus yards, so start him with confidence there, in fact, I uh, I think the Miami's going to outright win that game this week, uh, a couple of guys I'd be careful about, Tyra Williams is literally disappeared uh one short pass late last week there's just i mean he only got four targets he's his high target game this year is seven he's a number one wide receiver for raiders i know that they like to throw the, the ball to darren waller but uh tyra williams should be seeing at least 10 11 targets each week and he just uh, disappears for long stretches of time and brandon cooks uh, such a talent, but, you know, he's been in a lineup with injuries, concussions and such. And, uh, right, so Robert Woods show last week and Cooper Cup scored too. And then they had Tyler Higby in there and all that, all that scoring and everything. You know, Brandon Cooks caught two passes. I don't know. Used to be good, right, for fantasy? <laughs> not anymore. Not on my team. So I'm sitting them this week. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, I'll go from Ty Will to Ty Hill. I'm a little more nervous to caution play with Tyreek Hill this week. The Patriots have not allowed much all season in wide receivers. And when they have, it's not been to the speed receivers. They've been beaten more by the possession slot receiver types. Hill also looked to be a little bit slowed by that hammy injury still the last couple of games. He didn't look like himself. And he's only scored eight PPR points total in his last two games. I think New England's going to take him out again like they did in the playoffs last year, only one reception, and after he lit them up in the regular season twice before that. So I think they're going to focus on taking him out. And then I'm a little worried about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, after that hot start, he does not seem to have recovered from that rib injury. Debo Samuel has taken over as a top wide receiver target. Uh, Sanders only has 16 targets and 10 receptions in his last four games combined. So until I see him break back out, I think he's a risky play every week. The Saints also have been very good against number one wide receivers, especially when the number two guy is speedier, just like is the case in San Francisco, because Lattimore then covers the technician, the, the, the route runner like Sanders over the middle. So I think he's going to really struggle to get open. I agree with you there. Uh, I've got him on, on several teams all over the place. I haven't started him in three weeks. How about a, a couple of tight ends you like and why? I think we've got a couple of obvious ones this week. Jack Doyle, I mean, a great opportunity for a PPR target-rich game. The Colts have a serious lack of potential pass catchers available, and the Bucks are the second worst in every category for fantasy production allowed to the tight end behind the Cardinals and everything. Um, average tight ends have been good against them. Good tight ends have been great against Tampa so far. They've allowed, uh, and, and then Doyle's got touchdowns in three of his last four games and three-plus catches in nine straight, giving him a very high PPR floor. Coming off an 11-target game for the first game after Ebron went on IR, I think Doyle's really primed to have another great PPR game. And then I'm going to go with Kyle Rudolph. The hot hand with great matchups continues. This TD-dependent monster has scored in four straight games, six touchdowns in his last six games, and he gets the Lions' 30th-ranked pass defense this week. He also has been catching passes, too, recently, averaging over 14 PPR points per game in his last six. He just owns the Lions, too. He scored five touchdowns in his last four games versus Detroit and has scored in nine of his career 12 games against the Lions. 
Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. What's not to like about Vance McDonald? Why? Uh, because he's playing the Cardinals. They're like averaging four or five fantasy points more than any other team uh, given up for the, the tight end position. I mean, if I was out there and played tight end, I'd score. Uh, so if you have got Vance McDonald, you should be licking your chops right now. And Tyler Higby, uh, assuming that Everett is out, of course he faces the fourth worst defense against the tight end this week in Seattle. So, uh, you know, so fire him up if uh, Everett sits. Uh, Higby's a nice fantasy reach this week. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Austin Knox, uh, you know, we don't want to mention him. He flares up every once in a while. Well, the Ravens really limit the tight end so forget him this week. And over in Cincinnati, you see the Tyler Eifert show. C.J. Uzma has kind of taken over. Uh, I think he tripled his uh, targets last week. This, uh, so I'd be very careful about sitting, uh, starting uh, Tyler Eifert this week. It's just not crazy about it. Uh, how about a couple tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Two studs with really tough matchups as caution plays. Mark Andrews, Buffalo's been really good at defending the tight end. Second fewest catches, second fewest yards of the position, only two touchdowns. Uh, he's also seen his targets drop from eight per game before the eight, week eight bye to under five per game in the five games since then. T- low target share in a low-volume passing game. And then Hunter Henry, uh, for all the Jags' problems on defense, they've defended the tight end very well. They've allowed the second fewest targets, third fewest catches, and very few double-digit PPR games at the tight end. Plus, they're so easy to run on, they're probably going to be the Melvin Gordon, uh, Austin Eckler show. Okay, how about uh, one-hit wonders that kicker and defense hit me with them? Uh, second week in a row, Young Hui Koo, uh, Carolina's allowed three straight games of over 11 points to kickers, and Koo's averaging 12.5 since joining Atlanta. And then I like Mike Badgley. He's averaging over 10 points per game since his return, and Jacksonville's in a little bit of a free fall. Uh, on defense, I love the Texans, again, uh, hosting Denver. Uh, the Texans are surprisingly very poorly owned after a string of really tough opponents, but Denver's still starting a rookie quarterback, and Houston still still Houston and, and smell a little blood in the water for the AFC division, South Division crown. And I like Cleveland in the Battle of Ohio hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati allows a ton of sacks and turnovers, and I have the second fewest points scored, barely scored like three points more than Washington this year. So Cleveland should be in good position to, to succeed. Okay. I want to remind everyone a premium newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Thank you for joining us. For Chris Riedel, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week 15 in our penultimate episode of 2019. That means the second to the last one, people. Join us next week, and then we'll see you the week after in our season finale. It'll be Merry Christmas time. I can't believe this. Chris, uh, Thanksgiving, it's already over. The season's almost uh, gone. And we're having, still having a great time because fantasy playoffs are here, baby. Good night and good luck this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 